Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you. Glad you're tuning in at supertalk.fm. Wherever you get your podcast from, we appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our great servicemen and women taking across, taking care of us across the globe as we speak. We even appreciate that guy who left a one-star review. Contrary to the formula we have set out for you guys, left a one-star review. I mean, what's wrong with you, buddy? Yeah. Can you, can you not hear? Can, can you not hear the words that are coming out of my mouth right now? Five stars. You put your complaint in the in in the in in the complaint part, but the five stars remain. He was half right. He he got the complaint in the complaint part. He just didn't fulfill. the He other. screwed the pooch. <laughs> I won't. Uh, I, won't I, I demand. You guys demand a higher quality podcast from us. We try to deliver. We demand more from our listeners than any other podcast. Now we don't preach to you, even though Joel is a preacher. And we don't tell you how to think. Actually, that was one of his complaints in the review. It was, well, we don't need another podcast preaching at fans. We're not preaching to fans. But we are telling you that we have a format, a formula. It is a winning formula. It's the game plan. The game plan was fine. The execution seems to be the problem. All right, I have to channel my inner Moorhead here and tell you that we're really close. Just got to get a little more precision. Precision, physicality, and whatever the other word was. I'm just saying, please, five stars, and then make your complaint. Thank you. We don't ask that much. But what, what I'll say, Brian, mm. is that uh, on the occasions that you do put out a stinker, because mm-hmm. I never put out a stinker. Every show I've done with you the best from, you've from ever this done. end has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, but when you screw up, I'd encourage you to uh, point the thumb, not the finger. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> oh, we love Joe. We're going to be hating on his sayings for life, though. Yeah, it's true. Uh I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are going to be taking care of you very soon because it's going to be it's a beautiful day today. Why couldn't today have been opening day was my question. 70 degrees and sunny, as my friend Richard Cross likes to say. I'm sure it'll be a beautiful 39 and blustery. Come and you February need to head to Strange Brew Coffeehouse and bring yourself something to warm you up with. <laughs> a little hot coffee, hot chocolate, something like that. But I, if br- is- I branched out today. Oh? Got a cinnamon, oh, that. cinnamon toast crunch. Is it a coffee? Yeah, it's like a latte. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Heck yeah, it was good. Well, there you go. Great for coffee. Not so much for ice cream, I say. I say. That's just yeah. my opinion. Think, yeah. That's just one man's opinion. It is. It's, it's okay. You're entitled to your own crappy opinion. Why Why? Why? why you got to, on my opinion? I, you're entitled to have it. Why you got to call it crappy? It's just my opinion. It is, I mean, it... I'm just giving you. You're giving your opinion. I'm giving you the facts of your opinion, which is that it is a. There are no facts about opinions. Opinions are opinions. They can either be proven right or wrong. They're just opinions. Huh? I think if we took this in front of a jury, you'd be convicted of stupidity. Wow. Yeah. Joel's in a mood tonight. No doubt. All right. All right. Let's see how it's going to (laughs) be. To remind you, you're probably still in diapers. Last time the Braves won a world championship, but we won't worry about that. Got a friggin' comedian. Oh well, you know, got an attack when it when I when I feel when I feel threatened. Uh, also, want to thank our sponsors at Strange. I'm sorry, not Strange, but College Corner. You can go to CollegeCornerStore.com and buy from anywhere in the world. But if you're in the Jackson area, go to their two other two locations over in Flowood. I'm switching it up today. 
Over in Flowood, they're by the Half Shell. Over in Ridgeland, they are by Fleet Feet, and you can check out their impressive selection of MSU merchandise. When you're coming up to Starkville, maybe this weekend for a little basketball, maybe next weekend for some baseball, you want to have some new stuff on, and you don't want to waste time when you're here in Starkville. Get it taken care of before you get here with College Corner. I was 10, by the way. 10? 10. You're probably still in diapers. You're a slow learner. It's not too late for me to just pack it in over here for the night and just let you have it. Hey, Dad, that could be a, a B show. Hmm? Instead of B&B. Just B&B. Well, the, the B&B show is, is no more. It's That's gone That's true, forever. but Thunder and Lightning would be gone if I left. So well, then it you're, just... not, you're not going anywhere. If you you did... sit in that chair, and you're going to take what's coming to you. <laughs> if you did a solo show, like yeah. this, this, this whole operation turned into a solo show, yeah. what would it be? What would you name it? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. I, my last name doesn't really lend itself to anything cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would call it. Grumpy old man. I don't know. Hot air. Why? <laughs> why's I like it. Why's it got to be like this? What did I do? And now Super Talk Mississippi presents Hot Air with. Br- <laughs> <laughs> Your takes uh, are bad, and you should feel bad with Brian Haydad. <laughs> Good questions. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, sports. Sports happened today here at Mississippi <laughs> State. A lot of sportsing. We'll talk a little bit about some of that. Uh, but we will start off with something that's, you know, big news today. And we're just going to put it on the back burner for about five months until he actually shows up. But K.J. Costello made it official. He will be a Mississippi State Bulldog. Announced via social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. On Monday, uh, a little up and down in the recruitment. State, then Washington, but State, once that in-home visit happened, I think, if I, I'm going to have to guess, because obviously I wasn't there, um, I think Matt, or Mike Leach, made it pretty clear to him that sign with me and throw for 5,000 yards. That That's basically the premise of his of his recruiting pitch for him. Yeah. It had to be. Yeah. Put yourself in a position to show your, that you can make all the throws, because we're going we're gonna to do it. I was thinking about that today. You know, like if you came home tonight and your furniture was rearranged, right? It takes a minute for you to adjust. Like, what? You know, it's still your home. Actually, just rearrange our furniture. You see about what a week I, or two and it takes a couple days to get you, like, you know, or when you take a new job, sometimes it takes a day or two to get used to the scenery of it, right? What's it going to be like sitting in Davis Wade Stadium for football and State throws the ball 60 times? Yeah, four and five wide every play. It's, it's going to be madness. Like, I. <laughs> It's going to take people time to wrap their brain around what they're – it's going to be like, I see the team in the Mississippi State uniform, but they are not doing what – it's it's almost like you're playing NCAA football and you decided to have some fun. Like, I'm going to turn State into an air raid team. Yeah. You know, it's Change doing, up the playbook. Yeah, I'm, 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 going, I'm going Washington State playbook on this one. You know, I just feel like messing, messing around a little bit, you know, letting whoever throw the ball. Well, Costello is a, a plus thrower over the ball. 63% completion rate, and that's sort of a – his first year as, as a starter, he was at 58, and then he, he bumped it up to 65 as a, as a, as a sophomore. Um, 49 to 18 is his touchdown ratio to interception ratio. Over 6,000 yards passing. Led uh, Stanford to two nine-win seasons. And then this last year, and I talked to uh, Antonio Morales from The uh, Athletic, who covered uh, KJ in high school, and then also you know would have seen enough of him covering USC out there in the Pac-12 country, um, said that, you know, can make all the throws. He feels like he'll be very, very su- successful. And that Stanford last year was just a train wreck. They lost a ton of guys to, to the NFL. They lost a ton of guys to injury, including Costello. 
and they could just never get it going for whatever I believe reason. It was a thumb and a concussion. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he had a concussion that made him miss week two, and then by the time he got back and was healthy, he injured his thumb, and it just it just never went anywhere. You know, he that's talking about an injury that Bob Carscadden could never have. <laughs> now we're hating on folks that can't defend themselves. Well, I mean, even if he was here, could he defend himself? That's true. He'd just be like, oh. Uh, <laughs> so this is this is you know, a lot of people are, are naturally gun shy, and I get it because of what happened with Tommy Stevens last year, but this this couldn't be any more dissimilar. The only di- the only similarity is they play the same position. They play the same, they say play the same position as both, they're both direct insurers. Yeah, I think they're both blonde. Yeah, maybe that. But beyond that, KJ Costello is a proven starter at the Power 5 level and a pro-style throwing offense, and he's coming to Mississippi State now. Tommy Stevens had never started a game. And I, I don't want to hate on Stevens too much. I felt like he played well when he was healthy. Of course, him being healthy is sort of like a unicorn. You don't see it very often. But when he was healthy, he looked good. And I think had he stayed healthy, he I honestly think he might have been a decent quarterback for Mississippi State. But that's just that just sort of is neither here nor there. He was not his resume was not what KJ Costello's is. This is a big day for Mississippi State because I'm gonna I think we asked this question a few weeks ago. I'm gonna ask it again. Who's the who's the preseason all SEC quarterback right now? Who's the best quarterback in the conference? Who's got a better resume than KJ Costello? And you're putting him in an offense where he's going to throw at least 45 to 50 times a game. Yeah, it's tough to not think that at the end of the day that he's not going to have as good or better statistics than anybody. Um, the only speed bump to that, which I think is going to be helped by the fact that. Leach simplifies his offensive style, and he's been successful doing everywhere he's gone. But the only potential speed bump here is the receivers, right? I mean, yeah. just just yeah. the trust in whether or not they can be productive. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm sure Leach. I mean, I, I haven't gone back and looked at his receiving core every year, but I'm going to guess Leach probably had a worse receiving core than this at some point in his 18 years of head coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Is there probably? Is that, well, is that I mean, fair I imagine, to say? Think about like his first year at Washington State. How good could that receiving core have been? They're coming off of what, like six straight losing seasons. Washington State is naturally not a, a elite recruiting school as it is. I, I would imagine so. Let me, if you want to talk for a second, I'll look up the stats. But I, I'm just saying, like, I find it hard to believe, even given State's inability to have a big time receiver the last few years, I, I still find it very hard to believe that Mike Leach isn't going to be successful with this offense at State. I, it, it is. We have heard over and over how you know simplified it is, and uh, you put in a about said that KJ Costello is an elite quarterback, but I mean he's he's a very good quarterback. I, I mean, mean elite. He was, he was probably the second best quarterback in the Pac-12 going into the season. Yeah, and then injury sort of derailed him. Yeah, so I mean it's hard to not see Mississippi State moving the football with regularity in in 2020. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I feel like that. The only thing that could slow it down is the fact that State does not have a, a proven go-to receiver, but I, I'm i willing to bet that, that Leach has been in that situation before and been successful. Yeah. Looking at Washington State in 2011, they had three receivers over 600 yards. In the next season against uh, with uh, with Leach, they didn't have they only had one over 600 yards, but then they had one, two, three, four, five, five more between 450 and 600. Yeah. So, you know. And if you spread it out like that, I mean, you don't have to have one guy with 900 or whatever. Right, right, right. By the next year, where they went to, they finally went to a bowl game, which is in his second season, 
He had uh, three guys over 600 and then another three between 400 and 600. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's taken – people look at his offense sometimes and think about Michael Crabtree. And don't get me wrong, Michael Crabtree is a fantastic football player and one of the best receivers in college football history. But he's put numbers up with guys. And I, I need to go back, I guess, and find that, that list I had. But there's a list of all his 1,000-yard receivers, and there are some guys on there that would – I mean, I'm a college football fan. I watch as much college football. I take in as much of it as I possibly can. i never heard of these guys. Never heard of them. So, for, for me, it's, it's, not a, it's not even a question that somebody like Osiris Mitchell, somebody like uh, Javante Payton is going to catch 50 to 60 passes next year for 500 to 600 yards next year. That's going to happen. And at least probably two or three of those things are going to happen. Malik Heath, if you said pick a guy, Malik Heath is probably the most talented guy. Even without seeing him play against SEC football, I just I just believe that. And so he'll probably be the, the top dog. But Mitchell, Peyton, Austin Williams, and at least two more guys, not to mention Kylan Hill, are going to catch 30 to 50 passes for 400 to 600 yards. It's just going to happen. I, I can't make it any more clear than that. It is going to happen. And you just, if there was any doubt about it, you just solidified it by getting KJ Costello on board. Right. I mean, you have a guy that, like you said, is going to make, I think he's a 62.5% career completion percentage guy. That 2018 season, I think it was something ridiculous, like 67% or something um, was his completion percentage that year. Uh, and, and and there's probably I know there aren't many people out there that are thinking this way. We had we had this whole deal with Tommy Stevens too. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. But if there's anybody out there doubting it, let me um, let me uh, go ahead and answer those. That's right now. He is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not dealing with that I, again. I'm not. I know I, I know there are some folks that that might not. You know, well, what about Garrett Schrader? He, he, you saw how well State played when he was in the games last year and things like that. I know there's some folks out there that, that will think that way. K.J. Costello, barring disaster, and by disaster I mean like something off the field or some major injury, he is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because there's so many of you out there saying, well, no crap, but yeah, he's, he's going to be your guy. The thing to remember with this, with, with Costello, that makes it a little bit different, is that he's not going to be here for spring. So you, what you really, you really have, I don't is, think that matters with Leach. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, you do have a a spring where, let's just look at it like this. Costello's coming in, right? But what if Schrader has an incredible spring, and he shows that he can be an accurate passer, and he can be the guy who runs this offense, and he also gives you that running threat that that Costello does not give. Is it possible that we could go to the fall and Schrader has made enough of a statement that Leach says it's it's going to be competition? Possibly, yeah. It seems unlikely, but it's possible. But ninety, I, I would bet almost everything I own that when we start the game and then we're sitting here in, in Davis Wade Stadium and Mississippi State takes the field, assuming take, health, that's assuming health, they take the ball, kick off, they get it, come out on the field, Costello's the quarterback. Yep. Just that simple. Not going to go through this with everybody again about how, you know, there was no competition really last year. Tommy Stevens was going to be the guy. He came to Mississippi State to be the guy. He was, and he, and he, he won the Now, there was a competition, but he was always going to win it. And I don't mean that in terms of he was given the job. I mean, he was the better passer 
between him and Keaton Thompson. And I still think, given full health at the end of the day last year, I mean, I think Garrett Schrader's ceiling is higher than Tommy Stevens. But I think last year that a, a senior Tommy Stevens, fully healthy, was a better quarterback than true freshman Garrett Schrader mm. when, when fully healthy. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but that's just my opinion. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I mean, they, they each had their moments, but so. um, water under the bridge now because K.J. Costello is the guy. Right. Now, Chase Goodbread, who uh, works for NFL.com, I've talked to him many times in the past, uh, tweeted out tonight, big big get from Mississippi State. He expects a grad transfer receiver to come in as well. Uh, so, And I, I, I'm not against that theory because you, you need another guy, I think. I feel like you need a, a proven guy. Um, who is that guy going to be? I don't know. And is that guy going to actually happen? I don't know, but it, it makes sense. I saw somebody in his mentions asking about needing scholarships. Well, you guys can just go ahead and brace yourself that guys are going to get run off this team in the spring. It's going to happen. They're going to be encouraged to look elsewhere. They're going to be processed, for lack of a better word. That's going to happen. State will not – have the numbers ever not worked out? You know, what would Rick Stansbury always say? Numbers always work themselves out. And the NCAA is not going to come down here and go, oh, wait a minute, you got 84 on scholarship. What happened? Not going to happen. <laughs> Enough people will, will be shown the door to make this happen. State also added a, a player to its class of 2020. Uh, I guess Costello's a 2020 guy as well, but just think about it in different terms. But uh, Kyle Cass, defensive back out of Mississippi Delta Community College, a three-star defensive back. State had been in the market, I think, for a JUCO DB uh, throughout this, this period for a couple of reasons. One, and I've said it many times, I think they'd like to move maybe a DB to offense. Jerry and Jones, Marcus Murphy, somebody like that. Uh, but, but more importantly, you know, you're so young at corner with with the two, you know, the true sophomores and a redshirt sophomore in Tyler Williams. Those are your top three guys. You need another a veteran presence there, and they think Cass is going to be that guy. He's a guy. He he popped up on the radar late when Moorhead was still the coach, but uh, everything came together and he made his commitment official on Monday night. So uh, Mississippi State adds that 2020 commitment as well. In the coming days, you know, signing day is, uh, as you're listening, one day from now. Uh, Mississippi State, I would expect them to add Rufus Harvey. I would. Do you have any insight on that, Mr. Starkville, Daily uh, News guy? I, I don't. Uh, Robbie would be actually a lot closer to that situation than I would, given his – Talking to him tonight at the women's basketball game, he he expects Mississippi State to sign Rufus Harvey. I mean, that that's that would be my somewhat educated guess, but he would have a better one than I would. So, uh, Also talking to uh, – People, it seems like Khalil Benson, offensive lineman out of South Haven, is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. That that is going to happen. And then let me find this linebacker. I hate to, I'm sorry to. No, you. He's, his his name is is hyphenated. I don't, so I can't I just don't remember it off the top of my head. And le- going back a minute, you're talking about the numbers always work out. Yeah. I, I was reading earlier today some old Mike Leach articles, mm-hmm. and it was talking about his first year at Washington State, and in his first season, 18 players either quit or were kicked off the team. In his first year yeah. at Washington State. I mean, well, now, granted, that was an O and whatever team, right? Two and nine. Or two and I mean, yeah. They two were, and 12, something like that. Two and 11, something like that. They were a terrible team when he took over. Yeah. But. Uh, I, I'm thinking of somebody else, evidently. Jamari Stewart is the linebacker, or defensive end, six foot three, 205 pounder, three, three star guy out of Port St. Port Lucie, Florida. Uh, he was here this weekend. They expect him to also to join the class. So, three more high school kids to come, and then maybe a grad transfer, and then they'll work out the numbers. Uh, in the spring. Another piece of football news I found interesting, uh, reading 24-7 today, uh, Paul Jones reported this. Jonathan Banks on campus uh, on uh, Monday interviewing for a job as a uh, defensive analyst. 
I, I think that's a, a very smart move. You know, Banks is sort of. I like Banks. Don't get me wrong, but he is. I, I think he's had the idea that he could just come in and be an assistant coach right off the bat. Yeah. And that's just not the case. You you have to pay some dues, and, and being an analyst is the, is the, the the first step in that. Yeah. I mean, um, you would know better than I, but Chad Bumpus. I mean, he's now an on field coach, but. He didn't start as an on-field coach. He wasn't even as an analyst. He was a grad assistant at at, at Buffalo to start. Yeah. And then he became an analyst at at Utah, and now he's an on-the-field coach at Austin Peay. And he's an on-the-field coach at an FCS school. Yeah. Now, I'm sure if FBS school called, and they probably will eventually because he's a good coach. And he's going to be a good recruiter. Which surprised me if one day down the road Mississippi State didn't I, call. But I'll be totally honest with you. I, I, if Mark Hutzbeth had been a candidate, I think uh, our friend Chad Bumpus would be uh, on staff on staff right now. Be back in Starville. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean that day's coming. But the Banks coming in. I mean, it's it's just a good start. It's a good place for him. You're getting to work with Tony Hughes, who you know knows all the tricks of the trade. Uh, and obviously, having Banks around the program is a good thing. Thorpe Award winner, NFL player. It's it's a win win for everybody. You do it a year or two in the coaching biz. Somebody always moves on, and you're right there, exactly, knocking at the door to, exactly. to get on the field. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's. It, it, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody that went basically from right off the, the NFL playing field to? I mean, it's been a few years now, I guess, though for for Banks. But did anybody not pay a few dues before they got on the field? I can't. No. I can't think of anybody. No. But. Um, yeah, so we'll see where that takes us, obviously, uh, as well. All right, let's uh, switch gears here. Let's talk a little MSU uh, women's basketball real quick. Uh, I was at the game tonight. Ugly, ugly basketball game. State, neither team could shoot the ball very well. Both teams are under 40%. State forced 25 uh, Georgia turnovers, and that was the difference in the game. State wins at 67-53. Again, they led by as many as 22 points. Uh, they let Georgia go on a little late run that Vic Schaefer was not a happy camper about uh, in post game. Georgia led in the first quarter. Um, and state could just they just couldn't hit shots. They missed a a bunch. And this, I don't think there was anything Georgia was doing. Joel, I think it was just state was just missing shots. I tell you what, this is just my thousand feet up observation of this team. And and you you're there for every women's game. I, the women I don't cover unless Robbie can't. Um, right. So I, I'm basically just sitting on my couch watching the women. So you, you would be better to to answer this question than than me. But my my observation is just like it's almost like there's been a hangover. Since South Carolina, like it's, they just don't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. Well, since I mean, that they, game. they crushed Ole Miss after that, but they did. It's, they diff- did. it's a little different because Ole Miss is just—they're not an SEC team right now. Uh, but you know, they, they had to struggle with Vanderbilt and then ended up winning that game late you know, with a big run in, the, in, the, in that quarter. Um, and then they played—I don't remember who they've played. Who else they played? Auburn. Auburn. And that game was a little back and forth, and Auburn kept it closer than you might have thought in this game tonight. I don't know if hangovers. Are, this is just a young team. They don't have a go-to shooter, although Rakia Jackson is slowly molding into that. Uh, you know, they don't have. There was a play tonight, by the way, uh, just to show you the difference between this year and last year. A a shooter for Georgia drove into the lane and started heading to the basket, and my body immediately tensed up because I've You're been con- block shot. I've been conditioned by three years of Tierra McCowan to know that's about to be in my face, and there was nobody there. Jessica Carter was trailing the play and couldn't yeah. get there. And that's the difference between this year and last year. That that play last year, she spikes that into the second row, McCowan does. This year, there's nobody there to guard the rim. And Jessica Carter's getting better at that, but she just wasn't prepared on that play. So, I mean, they're still trying to figure a lot of things out, but to their credit, they're 20-3 and three while they're trying to figure things out. You know, imagine if they had figured it out. They might be undefeated. 
Um, so this team is definitely ahead of schedule still, and they're still playing really well. They have a tough schedule. They have three games in six days now. They've played to they played on Monday night. They play again on Thursday night against. They're at Tennessee, and then Texas A and M comes in. That's the preseason conference favorite. Uh, comes to to Starkville on Sunday. So I mean, this is a tough stretch. If State comes out of this weekend undefeated, they might jump up into the top five. Yeah. Um, Has anyone played Carolina? I'm sorry. Didn't I, I, I'm making you go back to the to the a, device over here. There's a device right here though. Don't worry about that. I, I don't I don't think they have. But I don't know that for sure. Just trying to figure out if, if State has a uh I mean, because obviously that'd probably be one of the, the best chances to to get all, to, to hang an L on South Carolina. Let's see. Well, yeah, let's see. LSU A and M lost LSU. I did not know that. The device is acting up on us here. Uh, well, I, I apologize it's, for Leading us down this road. No, they, they have not, unless they're playing them twice this year. But that's the last game of the season this year. Uh, they will be at South Carolina. So, good job of the schedule makers. They obviously thought a and the preseason favorite, and South Carolina is South Carolina. And so it worked that out the way it does. So, another win for MSU women's basketball. Good win for them. And uh, they'll head, like I said, they uh, head to Tennessee for a big game on uh, on a, on Thursday, top 25 uh, matchup. And speaking of those, Mississippi State men's basketball, obviously, not in the top 25, but Kentucky is, and that's where the Bulldogs are headed uh, tonight. 8 o'clock tip at Rupp between uh, Mississippi State and – I don't know what Kentucky's ranked off the top of my head. 15. Uh, 15. They, they didn't drop very much. I think it dropped they, two spots. Yeah, I said they were 13. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 16 and 5 on the season, 6 and 2 uh, all together. Good team. We talked about it yesterday. Good team, not great team. Um, got four guys in double figures, Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards, Tyrese Maxey, and Ashton Hagens. Um, I mean, they're only, they're only putting up 75 a game. They're out-rebounding their opponents by about five and a half a game. Um, Giving up 65 a game, which is yeah, not not elite by know, any stretch. Not, not, nothing about this Kentucky team is elite. Yeah, They're not a great three-point shooting team at 33%. They're a good shooting team at 46%. They're just good. They're not great by any stretch of the imagination. There's two things making this game seem a lot more slanted towards Kentucky than it is. The name on the front the of the jersey. The name on the front of the jersey and where it's played. Where it's being played. If this exact same team wore Vanderbilt's jerseys and played in Starkville, the state would be about a 10-point favorite. <laughs> um, but this is a good team. You know, I don't think they're a national championship team by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Calipari's teams, you know, I don't know, Memphis jumping up and taking – I mean, there are about four guys playing for Memphis right now. That would have normally in a, in a normal year would have played, been playing at Kentucky, including James Wiseman, who I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say James Wiseman would not have been ineligible at Kentucky. Just call me. They just figured it out. Just huh? call me crazy. I know DJ Jeffries was committed to Kentucky at one time. Um, Nick Richards is obviously the player to watch. This is a battle of two of the best uh, post players in the conference. I asked Ben Howland about that, and you know, do players get excited for these kind of matchups? And I was told it was just but the media. Just making, you, Brian, making up those stories. I didn't. I didn't know. But I, you know, Are you stirring I, things up. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me, you and I both know that that's crap, and if that, <laughs> that they are very. That I'm quite sure Reggie Perry knows who he's going to be matched up with. So that's, that's you know, I don't know if that's the matchup that determines things because I think we've said in the past, and I believe it, that Perry can have a bad game, or I can have a good game. I'm sorry, and State can still win. But I felt like you know when when they played Georgia, not that he was really matched up with Anthony Edwards, but he knew that the. The bright lights were on him. He had one of his better games. I think sort of the same thing can happen here. He knows the scouts are watching this game. He knows that they want to see how he plays against one of the top premier point up. Uh, per, I'm sorry, uh, front court players in the country. 
I think he'll, he's up to the. I think Reggie Perry's up to the challenge. Well, to Reggie Perry's credit, it doesn't really seem to matter who's on the other side. Not lately. Um, I just think that he is. He's on a different level right now, man, and uh, he he's playing really well. Um, this is an opportunity, though, playing a team like Kentucky who gets those eyeballs no matter what. I mean, when Kentucky's on the TV, a lot of folks are watching. That's just how the nature of the beast and and uh, NBA scouts will be tuned in and things. I don't know how much Reggie Perry thinks about those those kinds of deals, but uh, he has been lighting it up against everybody. Only five Power Five players in the country are so, averaging a double. Somebody double. wrote an article today, and because he's got some numbers he on the, the brain, o- he's the only SEC player to be averaging a double double. He he is something else, man. Eight of the last eleven games, he has a double double. Um, it's almost expected at this point for him to get a double-double, regardless of who they play. And that doesn't mean that he's going to tonight. I, I understand that. But it's almost like the safe bet is for it to happen, regardless of who's on the other side. And given how the other members of this team, how they're playing right now, this is as good a chance as any a state has to go interrupt and win tonight. I, I don't know if they will. Yeah. But – I, it ain't. If we're sitting here doing this show tomorrow night, and and we're talking about a Mississippi State win, it's not like I'm sitting over here saying, "Wow, did you see that State actually won in Rupp?" It'd yeah. be like, "Well, they're a good team." And you know what? I don't know if they're better than Kentucky, but it's close. You know, I mean, it's 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 at least negotiable whether or not. You know, and I think they could go up there and win and. And have a good night. And Reggie Perry, if they do win, probably is going to be front and center in all of it. Speaking of uh, Reggie Perry, just this just tweeted out about an hour ago as we're as we're talking. Uh, Naismith Player of the Week, national, averaging uh, what twenty five and ten, twenty five and a half and ten last week. So yeah, huge week for Reggie Perry. And I, I agree that you know he's 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 due for a big game here. Not not to say that you know due is not the right, I mean, not the right word. But I'm just not going to be surprised when he he goes for 25 and 10 again. I'm just not because he does it every game. That's what he's doing right now. So it's it's just a question of what the guys around him do. And if you get performances like you got on Saturday, you're going to win. If if Woodard gets 14 and Witherspoon gets 11 or 10 and 10 or 11 and Carter or Stewart can get 10 or 11, you're going to win. And it's just that simple. So State's playing really well. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They go to Florida and win. They, 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 I think they, I think mentally they're in the right place. Uh, who's your playmaker for this game? Ah, uh, it's a good question. You knew I was going to ask it. So. I did, I did. I mean, I, I hate to hate to keep copping out, but I keep going this way. But after what we saw the other day, it, it's tempting to just say DJ if he can go off like that again. Yeah, but, well, yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm going to stick with Tyson Carter because I do believe that his stat line so often. Um, is the telltale sign of whether or not State won the basketball game. So yeah. I'll, I'll stick with Tyson. I'm going to go Nick Weatherspoon. That's good call. I, I just feel like, you know, on the road, you got to be able to settle your team down. Turnovers are what kill you on the road. When you get turnovers, they lead to easy buckets. That's what gets the crowd into the game. And you he's coming off a week when he had 17 assists and only three turnovers. Exactly. So so his his play will be key again. Nick Weatherspoon is my my guy. Uh, for my playmaker, but I'm going to take the Kentucky Wildcats to win this game. Close game, back and forth. I see State maybe having a chance late, but I just I feel like you know the Kentucky atmosphere, and that's that's sort of code word by the way. It's a code I'm trying to say for the the atmosphere at Kentucky tends to you know have people 
who are involved in the game maybe go a little overboard and sometimes. But uh, I'll take Kentucky to are win. Are trying to avoid a $25,000 fine over there? But if they find me $25,000, they better come and get it. <laughs> you come take it right out of my ass. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not paying anything. You just. You, we can fight, and you can. If you feel like you get twenty five grand worth, good, good on you. Uh, State loses seventy two sixty seven. Okay. I'm gonna call the upset. Look at you. I mean, State's won five straight conference games. They've looked darn good doing it. They are rolling right now. And, and I think they've got the best player in the conference with Reggie Perry. They do. I agree with so, that. So, I mean, all things considered, uh, as, I, as I was talking about a while ago, I know State's only won up there in Lexington five times, I think. I think they're 5-49, and 49, if, mm-hmm. I, if I recall right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, history doesn't speak well for them, but history don't mean much on tonight. I mean, it's just one game. And I think right now, I mean, all, Kentucky's coming off the loss to Auburn. State's played really well the last three weeks. Um. Yeah, I'll go state. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say Mississippi State wins. Uh, tight, tight game. Let's say seventy sixty eight. All right. See where it takes us. We'll recap that game tomorrow. We are gonna push the rumblings back one more day because we have to record so late. You know, we'll, we'll be up here yeah. till one in the morning. The, we the ask questions. Game won't be over till after ten. Yeah, so, so we'll, let's let's do rumblings on Thursday show. So send them in on Wednesday for Thursday. Be happy to answer. We missed the rumblings last week, so we we'll did. be happy to get them back. Yeah, right. And in the following week, maybe we can get everything back on official one hundred percent normal schedule. You say that next week is going to be the busiest week we've had. We got men's basketball, women's basketball, and baseball all week. Yeah, this, but this, this week we got a lot plus signing. When does day. spring practice start? By the way, do you know? I mean, I don't, but obviously Super Bowl all weekend's Easter weekend, so you can count back like we what, gotta, four or five weeks. Got to start putting some uh, some positional breakdowns together. Be glad when the whole roster is set, so we can get an idea of that. But we'll see where it takes us. And we may go through a spring, and then the whole roster will be different. Completely come fall, different. So. Yeah. Might, might might be a, some big differences between our preseason and uh, regular season positional breakdowns. But you know what? Hmm. We have a summer to talk about. It we too. sure do. So, all right, guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.